awful lot to uh, talk about today on the line with us. Uh, clinical hypnotherapist, human behavior expert, and author Patrick Wanis. And Patrick has been with us before, and we absolutely adore him. This, you, you're talking about, or you're going to talk about a study that was done at San Diego State University. What did the study say, Patrick? Well, Sally, the results are really shocking because what it's basically saying is that more than ever, today's college students are self-centered and narcissistic. So that's the findings. But what's doubly shocking are the conclusions. They're saying that the problem is, um, or the, the cause of this, is the self-esteem movement of the 80s, and they're saying that parents should stop telling their children that they're special. In fact, the words of the professor that led the, the, the study was, we need to stop endlessly repeating you're special and having children repeat that back. I cannot believe that anyone would say this. Well, you mean, what are you supposed to say to your kid? You're ordinary and... Uh... Well, There's... this is exactly, you know, this is where the whole, it's not that the study went wrong, it's the conclusions and the, the conclusions were wrong. Basically what they're saying is, look, today's children have become, or today's, you know, today's kids, today's college students have become so inwardly oriented that all they think about is themselves. You know, this is the culture that is take, take, take and doesn't give. It's, you know, do nothing and the world owes me something. Now, the problem is that their conclusion was, oh, these kids have got too much confidence. No, these kids are arrogant, and these kids have actually have low self-esteem. Because when you have self-esteem, that means you like yourself, you accept yourself. If you truly like and accept yourself and believe you're truly special, you will think the same about other people. But, Patrick, there have been all kinds of studies. For example, one that I was interested in, a business study, that says that uh, when kids graduate college and they enter the field of business, they feel entitled to be vice president of the corporation in three months. Well, yeah, and you're exactly right. And that is, I mean, it's obviously ridiculous. And that comes from many factors. But it's not just what they're being told at college. I mean, a lot of people think... All you need to do is get a degree and you're set for life. They don't say, well, you have to keep studying even after your degree. They don't, have to, they don't tell them, you have to keep working hard, you have to grow, you have to contribute. They're just saying, get your college degree and everything's fine. But there are, there are causes, root causes, that go much deeper. And that's, the, the, that's today's culture that promotes take, take, take. It doesn't promote contributing to others. It doesn't promote helping others. It's primarily self-centered. It's the generation me. And Sally, a lot of that comes from MTV, MySpace, um, kids that have no parents, kids that have single parents, the hip-hop culture, and the, ideal, the idolization of celebrities such as Paris Hilton, who really are famous for doing nothing. Patrick, wouldn't you also say that um, part of the problem is that narcissistic parents breed narcissistic children? Of course, and it's, it's interesting you said that because, you know, on The View recently, they did a whole show about depression. And they were saying, look, you know, depression is a disease, you need to take medication, etc., etc. And again, they're not looking at the root causes. And the root causes in both situations between the parents and the children is a loss of values and a loss of a sense of purpose in life. And we've become so intent in trying to fill our inner emptiness with things outside of us that nothing will ever please us or make us happy. So we're turning even to pills. You know, the parents will do, in the 60s it was parents doing Valium, 
Today it's Xanax and all the, 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 the long list of other medications. And for the kids, it's heroin, it's coke, it's marijuana. How can a parent say to its child, don't take drugs, when they're taking prescribed medication? Why is the prescription medication any better than the other? Because they're both trying to serve the saying, same purpose. Patrick, is that... The children have been made this way, not necessarily made narcissistic, not necessarily by their parents, but by the culture. How do you change the culture of a country? You can't change it. I mean, Um, it's the Roman, the fall of the Roman Empire. That's the culture of America today. It's what you're saying is truly, is truly, is true, and it's truly powerful. And yes, you're exactly right. There are two, there are two things going on. One is the culture, and then the second is individual um, upbringing by parents. As a parent, it's your responsibility to, to do your best with your child to help steer them away from that culture. It's also very hard because you cannot be with your child 24 hours a day, and when you let go of your child, your child's at school. That's when you let go of them and say, okay, mm-hmm. off to school. Then you pick them up eight hours later, and in between, they've been, they've been um, absorbing all the information and the programming of the, the people around them. Then when they're on the Internet, there's MTV, there's MySpace, um, and, and, and TV. It is really difficult. I think it, it goes back to just instilling the, the sense of values and purpose from the earliest year possible with your children. It's, it's Patrick, um, I, are you familiar with the work of Dr. Alice Miller? Because she tells you exactly how to make a very narcissistic child if you want one. If you want one. Yeah, if you want if one. You want one. And what, what you do is you, you, you have little Johnny go out and pull out an album. And, of course, he's like two and a half years old or maybe even younger, two years old. He can't read. And they say... Little Johnny, what is that album? And he'll say, oh, that's Johann Sebastian's Bach Sonata in A minor. And, of course, he doesn't know what it is, but everybody applauds and says, oh, he's a genius. So the child learns to walk away thinking that he's not really special, but he can keep this front out there and pretend that he's special. And all the energy goes goes into looking good instead of actually working on what's solid and what is good inside. and I think, What a great point, yeah. because parents need to explain to their children why they are special. That means the inner qualities and the potential, mm-hmm. not the outward appearance and not possessions. You know, one of the reasons that women experience so much depression today is because so much emphasis is put on them as a child that you have to look pretty. Oh, look how pretty you are. Oh, you're so pretty. Look at that dress. Okay, that's okay. You've got to compliment your children. But if you put so much emphasis on the outward appearance... When women get older, what happens? There are what appearance changes, and they now don't know: is my sense of identity, is my value and my self worth tied only to my outward appearance? Because guess what, the outward appearance is going to change. That's so, right. I, I had a, a a father who was an ardent feminist at a time when no one had ever heard the word. I think they wow. thought it was a member of the Communist Party because <laughs> you know I'm alone, and so my father must have been quite alone. But he made a point of never, ever addressing my physical appearance. He never said, what a pretty little girl, or you'll be make someone a nice wife. Our conversation was always about business or what I'm going to be or um, what uh, what I thought about a movie or a book or something like that. And I never remember anyone saying in our house it wasn't allowed to say anything about being attractive. It just had nothing to do with anything. Well, Sally, I don't, you know, my, my personal belief is never to promote extremes. It's to promote the balance. I right. don't believe that there is anything wrong with telling your children that they're pretty or good looking. It's if you make them think that that's all they, they're... That's all they have to offer the world. That's the problem. No, you're correct. My father was way over on the extreme. Yeah, that was the other extreme. And there's the two extremes. You know, I've, I've done work with clients where, 
you know, the woman is now an adult, and she is so connected to her vanity of her appearance that she can't enjoy life because she, you know, she grew up in a southern state, so she was just, you know, raised to be beautiful and put in these great dresses, and now she doesn't know what her value is. Exactly. Carl? And, well, this is one of the things I was going to address. What happens down the road when uh, this guy uh, who's been told he's uh, special, what happens when he bumps into people who say, no, you're not special? What's well, going on? You, that's when you start to get, you know, either the, and this is part of narcissism where you can't handle criticism and you, re you can even respond with violent behavior or negative behavior. You see, the other thing that's interesting is here you have this professor who led the, the study saying, well, it's the fault of the self-esteem movement of the 80s. No, it's not. The self-esteem movement of the 80s, and, they, and you know, she says it went too far. The self-esteem movement of the 80s was to teach people to like, love, and accept themselves as they are, to keep improving themselves, so that by loving and accepting yourself, you can in turn love and accept other people. It was never to be arrogant. Arrogance is, I'm better than you. Self-confidence is, I know who I am, and I, I believe in my abilities. It doesn't, it's not about walking over anyone else. So, Patrick, are you saying that you should not tell your children you are the best, the prettiest, the smartest, the most wonderful, but you're a very competent person, you're, you're, you, know, you look good, you, you are smart enough to do whatever you want to, something more on that order? Yes, very much so. And, in fact, I always place emphasis on being rather than just doing because we are human beings, not just human doings. And if we get too caught up with what we do, we forget about who we are inside. Good point. Patrick, can I, can I, the Irish girl here talking now, um, in defense of these lovely, the, this generation coming up right now, I have a lot of nephews and nieces in the, in the age and, and godchildren in the sort of 14 to 17 age group. And I'm really impressed with them. I'm really impressed with what really great kids they are. And I, I think one of the things that I find is I'm, I'm horrified at the pressure that they're under in school to perform and to get all these straight A's and be this and, you know, think about applying to Yale and Harvard and blah, 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 blah. And, and I just think they're under a lot more pressure um, from outside pressure. Um, I agree with you. The, the pressure today on, on, on kids is probably greater than it's ever been because of the reason of the many things we're talking about. Because they're expected to look good. They're expected to make a lot of money really fast. Yes. They're expected to be a CEO very fast. They're expected to own their own house and own their own car and then have this amazing plethora of possessions. You know, the big mm -hmm. flat screen TV and the big <laughs> car. The iPod, and, the but and they're then great, to actually perform well at kids. school. And then we, we haven't even touched on the other issue, which I think is really important to mention briefly, sexuality. You know, today's woman is expected to be a goddess in bed. It's not even any more about being loving. Yes. The or way they're loved. promoting is the guy's got to be the man. And look at the hip-hop culture, which is primarily misogyny. It's hating women. It's putting women down. It's making them just a sex object, and they're pimps and hoes there to please the man. I cannot believe that women have bought into this. Well, they have because it's considered politically incorrect to say anything negative about hip-hop or rap. If you do and you're white, you're in trouble. Well, that's the problem, you know, and, and there's so many white, there's just as many white people that follow the music as there is black. Yeah. But, and fortunately, some of the black women are turning around and saying, you know what, we have to talk to our own women to say stop this, because most of the women in those videos are black. Yes, oh no, exactly. It's that you can't criticize what is considered, um, what was considered primarily black music. All right, let me tell people where to find you. www.patrickwanis, W-A-N-I-S. 
Now that's one word, P-A-T-R-I-C-K-W-A-N-I-S dot com. And I just adore talking to you. I, I want to say a little quick something because you've mentioned Paris Hilton. Yes. And it's, uh, she was noted as one of the women most admired in a ladies home journal study. She was above Eleanor Roosevelt, above any, anybody else. She was number one most admired woman, supposedly of all time in the world. And um, everyone, when you ask a young person, why do you admire her? Well, her name is Hilton. She's rich. Well, the answer is there were so many heirs to the Hilton fortune that she wasn't rich, is not rich, but she's gotten rich because the teenagers thought she was rich. And you know what that falls into, Sally? It falls into what what I call the princess myth. Exactly, that there really is a princess myth, and there were several princess movies that were made, and they sold out the Julie Andrews princess movies. Thank you, Patrick, for being with us. My pleasure. Hope to talk to you again soon. Of course.